tonight's scripture reading is from Matthew, chapter 12, verses 38 to 41. Then some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you, he answered. He answered, A wicked and adulterous generation asks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now something greater than Jonah is here. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Adrian. The sign of Jonah. Jonah was a prophet. He was a reluctant prophet, actually, and he was asked by God to go to Nineveh and tell the Ninevites that God was about to destroy the city. And so being completely faithful to God, he got in a ship and went the exact opposite direction. He ended up in a storm and ended up in the belly of a fish, a big fish. We like to think a whale. And while he was praying to God in there, eventually he got spit up on the shore and decided, maybe I ought to go to Nineveh and do what God said. So he went to Nineveh and he proclaimed, that God was going to destroy the city and it would be totally and entirely ruined. But the people did something strange. They repented. They actually started praying to God and asked God to forgive them for their wickedness. And God decided not to destroy the city. Jonah was not happy. He said, God, you've really embarrassed me. You made me look like a fool. I said it was going to be destroyed, and now it's not. And he went up on a hilltop, and he sulked. That's the story of Jonah. What does that have to do with God and with Jesus? Today we begin Lent, a season of introspection and considering what our life is with God and how we're supposed to live. And so tonight, I normally on Wednesday night do a Bible study. So this is going to be a cross between a Bible study and a sermon, as we're going to take a meditation, a little time to look at Psalm 139. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Coming to you now from the largest studio ever constructed, it's the Truman Show! Good morning! Good morning! Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. (laughs) What if? No scripts, no cue cards. Morning, Spencer! How's it going? What if you were watched every moment of your life? Being watched every moment of your life. It's almost kind of creepy, isn't it? He knows you when you're sleeping. He sees when you're awake. Hello! 
He knows if you've been bad or good. Oh my goodness. He knows what you're thinking before you speak it. God is ahead of us. God is behind us. God's hand is upon us. And the ways of God and knowing God are like nothing else. Because God to us is different the way in which, than the way in which we have a relationship with other people. God knows us in our inmost being. The stuff the person closest to you doesn't know, God knows. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. You can't run from God. You can't hide from God. Even when you don't want God around, he's there. Jonah had a little different theology. He was kind of thinking God is a God stuck like in the Middle East. So if he got in a boat and he went to Spain, God wouldn't be able to find him. Have you ever tried to hide from God? Did you ever like think that maybe you could kind of get away from him? Hey God, I got some stuff to do and you probably won't like it. So why don't you go look at China for a while, okay? Right? But he's there. Even in the darkness. In the book of John it says people like the darkness who are doing evil things because they can hide. But they don't hide from God. Jonah got on a boat, traveled across the sea, and all of a sudden there's this giant storm, and all the people on the boat are trying to figure out why there's a storm. And Jonah says, it's me. They're like, what? He says, yeah, just toss me over and the storm will stop. What? We're not tossing you over, dude. What are you, wacko? We're not doing it. So they struggled with the storm. He said, you're not going to get any rest until you toss me over. And so they said, God forgive us. Boom. They tossed Jonah over, and the sea went calm. And a big fish swallowed Jonah. And it says that Jonah was in the belly of that fish for how many days? Oh, my gosh, three days in the belly of a fish. Oh, think about the claustrophobia. You ever have that dream? Where you're like stuck in some little tunnel or something? You're stuck in this fish belly. It's all slimy and smelly. I mean, you know what fish smell like on the outside. It isn't any better on the inside. And so Jonah, after three days, three days, he finally says, you know what I do? I'll pray to God. I'll pray to God. 
Because even though I've been trying to run away from God and hide from God, I know God even knows I'm there in the belly of the whale. In your darkest times, in your biggest struggles, even when you don't want to have anything to do with God, even when you're ready to chuck it all, God is with you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Down in those dark, shadowy valleys, God is still with us. So he prayed to God. And God heard him. And it says that Jonah was vomited up on the shore. (laughs) I want you to think about that. There's Jonah laying in a puddle of fish vomit. What do I do now? What do I do now? For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. You were, God knew you. It says in the book of Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And I called you according to my purpose. Jonah, don't you know I have a purpose? You're supposed to be in Nineveh. What are you doing in a puddle of fish vomit? Get up. I wonder if he cleaned himself off. He'd have been a wild-looking prophet if he went with fish vomit all over him, right? Get up and do what you were meant to do, what I created you to do before time. God has a plan for us before we're even born. He, he sees us before we're even created in the womb. He ordains, it says, a way for us. God knows us. And God knows you better than you know you. If you can imagine a, such a thing, God knows you better than you know you. Because we sometimes want to deny stuff about ourselves. God knows us. And so we come to Lent, this time of year, when the Holy Spirit helps us to understand our lives, who we're supposed to be. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. We came from nothing. And in some ways, the world sees that we go to nothing. But if God knew us before we were even born, don't you believe that God will hold you after we leave this place? And so we take Lent as a time to try to reconnect with that God who formed us in our very most beginning, before we were even alive. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. 
How precious are God's thoughts? What God has planned for us and what God can reveal to us is far more important than what we can find out about. Now, I have to be careful because a lot of our people that come to Wednesday night Bible study are here tonight. And I don't want them to get the idea they shouldn't come to Bible study next week. Studying the Bible is a very good thing. Learning and growing about our faith is an excellent thing to do. But sometimes we just simply need to connect to the God who made us directly. And let God, through his Holy Spirit, pour his revelation into us. I found I've learned a lot more from God in prayer, this is the truth, than even from reading this book, which is such a wonderful book. God loves us. And he has a purpose for us. He has an intention for us if we can discern what it is. Jonah went to Nineveh. He was reluctant. He didn't want to go. But when he got there, he got into it. You're all going to be toast. You're going down. The whole city's burning. You're done. He was actually, I think, kind of enjoying it. And the people were like, oh, no. I think he liked that even more. And then they did something totally bizarre. Something Jonah completely did not expect. 200,000 people went from being people who didn't believe in God to being people who decided to follow God. And he's like, what? You weren't supposed to take me seriously. I mean, the whole getting toasted and burned and all that stuff, yes, but, but you're not supposed to actually turn to God. What are you doing? That wasn't the plan. I said, you're going to be messed up. God, what are you doing to me? Come on. He's what would be called the most reluctant prophet in the Bible. And at the same time, he's the greatest evangelist that ever lived. In one effort, he saved 200,000 people. I don't even think if you added up all my sermons, I've preached to 200,000 people. Wow. Changed an entire city, the greatest city in the world in that day. And he's miserable. He's miserable. Why? Well, because there's some people we really don't want to be happy. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Isn't it easier if we can blame somebody else for all the problems in the world? It's the Russians, you know. They do everything wrong. Those darn Russians. You can do what you want with that. I know some of you are going, he didn't say that name, did he? <laughs> it's fascinating. It truly is. That we want to find brokenness in somebody else. If we could turn the red blue and the blue red, everything would be fine. We could get rid of those people. You know the ones I'm talking about. Jesus said, 
don't worry about the speck in somebody else's eye when you got a log in your own. Jonah went, Jonah went up on a mountaintop and watched the city. You know I was up there on the mountaintop? He was hoping God would change his mind and toast the city. He really was. God, they're the bad people. What is the matter with you, God? You've embarrassed me. What, what, what the heck? Get him! You know, God can be kind of funny. He caused a little vine to grow up and shade Jonah from the, from the sun. Jonah liked the little vine. And then God caused, caused a worm to eat the vine. Now, that tells you how long this guy was up here waiting for the city to be destroyed. And, and, the, and the vine died away. And he was very upset. And God says, so let me get this straight. You're upset because this little vine that gave you shade isn't there anymore. But you're okay about 200,000 people would die. Maybe the problem isn't with them, Jonah. Maybe the problem isn't with them, Pendleton. Maybe the problem isn't with them, people, brothers and sisters. Maybe we need to start looking at our own world. Isn't that what Lent is? Turning inward to discern what we are, who we are, and what we should be. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me. Test my thoughts. See what you think of me, Lord. Find out what's broken in me. Take it away and fix me. Because that's what Lent is really about. A time to examine our lives, consider who we are and who we've been, and to pray to God that he will turn us into what we always should have been all along. This evening, as part of our service, we are, we are turning to some of the liturgies of the church, but some of them are old liturgies. You might even know some of these. You might not know some of them. But they're intended to remind us of who we are, whose we are, and what we can be. So we're going to turn to a prayer of confession that some of you may remember. Shall we pray together? Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. This is the good news. God loved us while we were still sinners. This proves God's love for you and for me. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. 
I like Jonah. I know I'm not supposed to because he didn't do what, he, what God said to do. Because he kind of had a nasty attitude towards the people he was preaching to. Because he kind of was off target in so many ways. And I guess it's just because I like somebody who's kind of messed up a little bit too along the way. It reminds me of myself. And I just feel a little better knowing that those people are in the Bible. But that doesn't mean we want to make our lives that way. The whole purpose of Lent is to examine our lives and to see where maybe we can move a little bit forward, a little closer to what Jesus had in mind. So go and live as God intended. Be blessed by a God that can love you even when you don't do it right. Be blessed by a God that loves you and knew you before you were born and will carry you to after you're no longer here. Go in the peace of God and may God go with you always. Amen. Thank you.